Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. Shortly after a superb 4-0 win at Bournemouth, restored the Reds' five-point lead at the top of the Premier League. Two goals apiece and some clinical finishing from Nunez and Jota turned what looked like a tricky fixture on the blustery south coast into one of our most convincing wins of the season. I'm Chris Smith and to revel in what could be a hugely important win in the context of the title race, I'm joined by Julian Richards, Ian Brown and a buoyant TLW editor. He's your friend and mine. Darwin, Dave Usher. <laughs> Dave, you're striding into this one like like Vince McMahon, but you've taken a few steel chair, chair shots on this front, so go on, mate, take your victory lap. Did I just hear right there? Did I just hear you saying some clinical finishing from Darwin Nunez? Just I did, I, yeah. It surprised, me as much as, it surprised me as much to, to say it as it did for you to hear it. Yeah, no, I doubt it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Happy, obviously. <laughs> But no, it, and this is just purely about what I've been saying. It was always just going to be law of averages. Eventually, it leaving itself out. That's not to say that he's going to start burying every chance he gets. That I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that run over the last couple of months has been a complete, total anomaly. A lot of freaky shit was happening that was always going to level itself out. And today he's had. I was going to say he's had two chances and scored two goals, but that would be overlooking like the <laughs> that whiffed volley <laughs> when he just had that big wild swing. At I the thought volley. that was just a dummy. Was yeah. he dummy in it for someone else? I thought you were going to say. Yeah, no, um, yeah, that one was a bit. I think that was just the wind. You know, it was a tricky wind, and I think it's just <laughs> at the last second it's blown her away from him. Otherwise, that was going to be like top corner. But uh, no, two really, really nice finishes. Um, Jota doing what we expect Jota to do, but like, yeah, Darwin hasn't got that reputation for finishing the way Jota has, so when he puts them away like that, yeah, it's nice. Um, first one especially, I thought, because it was you know it was nil nil at the time, so that's a big one. Like you know, it's an important stage of the game. If that doesn't go in, you can just imagine the reaction. So and it, what a what a move as well. You know, just like lovely yeah. little one touch passing, great ball from Jota. Great finish, uh, and from from that moment on, we were always winning that game. Um, I didn't think we would. Klopp was Klopp seemed to be quite down on the first half performance. I didn't think it was that bad. I just thought the front three were a bit shit in the first half, and once that sorted itself out, we'd be fine. And in the second half, it did. You know, the the, the front three, uh, which changed because Gakpo comes on for for Diaz. But yeah, the front three, second half, great. Uh, the whole team stepped up as well. Second half performance, brilliant. I thought the first half was okay. Um, just, again, it's like we get to half time and then changes, doesn't it? You know, it seems to be happening all the mm-hmm. time. It's like we can't get it right in the first half. And then Klopp has to sit them down and go, right, look, this is shit, that's shit. This is what you need to be doing. And then they just go out and do it. And then the second half performances are always much better. So... Yeah, all in all, tricky fixture that, you know, they're on a really good run, I think, other than us, or maybe even including us, over the last eight games or something. Did they have the best record or second yeah, to us? Yeah, they did the best. Six best, wins in yeah. eight games I know we were the two, one defeat. The two form teams, weren't we? But I didn't know if it was us or them, but yeah. so Yeah, because we had a bunch of draws, didn't we? Mm, that's right, yeah. So now it's a tricky place to go coming off a break as well the weather all of that stuff was all set up for oh, one of those days maybe so to come away with a 4-0 yeah brilliant Darwin amongst the goals so couldn't be happier yeah. 
Um, Jules, this feels like a little bit of a statement win, this, because as Dave says, it was a tricky sounding game, plus the fact that we had uh, players away and probably three or four players who probably might have started this game on the injury list as well. Form team, terrible con- conditions, but in the end we came through with flying colours. Oh, let's play comparisons. It's like the Leicester game when we won the title. Went away, tricky game. Yeah. Scored loads of goals. Everyone was like, woof. That's good. We might be winning the title, yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to make a comparison, uh, we surely knew um, we we'd know what the weather conditions were going to be like, and we've already played in a storm at Bournemouth earlier in the season, anyway. So we should have known. We should have known exactly how to deal with that. Um, all the things Dave said. The, you know, you can you can always look at any fixture, any game, and red flags or positives, pros, cons, whatever you want, and and way whichever column you know you want depending on how you feel it could have been tricky uh, they are a good team they played all right but i suppose when you play any team when you're vying for the league title you assume you're you know you if you're going for the league title you're good and you're, the, you're one of the best teams in the league and if you can play at your best then not many teams can live with you and that's what happened in the second half there yeah we you know we played very very well we were we were clinical sometimes you know you can accuse darwin of not being clinical you can accuse the team of not being clinical but we were clinical we played some lovely team moves nearly all the goals even including jota's second which was a miss kick was a nice finish there were some nice goals lots of positives within it um i i still i still come back to it's in our hands the league's in our hands because we're ahead of manchester city We've got some semi-tough games mixed in amongst some what you would call easy games. We've got like Burnley at home, you know, with all the will in the world, the way Burnley play, that should be a home banker. But we've got Arsenal away. I know we've just beat them in the cup, but they are good. It will be tricky. If we can get to the, the game in March, I think it's probably be March 10th, Mother's Day, when we play Manchester City. Um, and we've won all our games and we beat them that day. I would say I know it's a lot. There's a lot to moving parts there, but I would say that would be us winning the league. Then I think that would be the league title in the bag if we can do that. So if this is the start of that road, you can you know you consider the win to break the halfway point. Had a week off, um, you know some players are still not back, but they're on their road back. And then we have the week off. We we play away at Bournemouth. You can, as I said at the start, you can find pros cons whichever you way you want you're feeling about the game. But you go away, you win 4-0. Feels a lot like Leicester. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's it though, Brian. Like, because of City, it, in recent years, when we've been involved in these title races, it, it does feel like the run-in starts almost at Christmas. Like on Boxing Day was when we, we beat Leicester, wasn't it? We we smashed them didn't, 4-0 didn't, on Boxing Day. And, but, and just, yeah, just yeah, to make a point, oh, didn't that take us like 25 points clear or something that year? <laughs> that, that's the <laughs> yeah, only difference, I yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah that, that's <laughs> but, the only difference. Yeah. We're talking five points versus like 20 points or whatever it is. But it's still, it's a, it's a fair point. Like, you know, like um, a statement win in August is completely different to a statement win in January, isn't it? Like that that's right. what excites me about today. It's like you've got Christmas out the way, you've got all those, that busy period's gone. We're normally shit in January, by the way. And when you actually look at the results we've had in January, not just in the league, but in all the competitions that we're in, that's the really positive thing, I think, to take from it. And it's it's not just the fact that we're like, 
as we've already said, they were like the form team in the league. So going there and winning by a goal, which is what I expected. I thought it would be a tough game and we'd maybe nick it by one goal. We've walked away with a 4-0 win. You know, it's like, it starts to build like an aura, doesn't it? You know, like other teams mm-hmm. will look at that result and it shouldn't happen, but yeah. it does happen. At the elite level, it happens. They'll be like, fucking hell, Liverpool went a month 4-0 at Bournemouth. With loads of players class. missing as well. Yeah, yeah, and they've got no Mo, they've got no Trent, they've got no Sobersly, there's like loads of players missing. Like, you almost are going to go into certain games where you've won the game before it even starts because the other team are too scared to even try and go toe-to-toe with you. Like, you, you can't overstate how important that kind of element of it is like the psychology side of it so for me it is like what you said before chris statement win absolute statement win and exciting times brian you in particular have been taking stick from dave for months about not predicting that we would win the league um does this kind of make just just to, just to but... say i said we'd finish third possibly second which was yeah. higher than what dave predicted just to get out in front of it just to be clear. It's but the way yeah, you say on. it, though. You just come across <laughs> as a bad shit house. Fuck off. <laughs> but does it make does does a day like today make a bit of a believer out of you as well that it's that it's possible, maybe edging towards probable that we could do it? I wouldn't say probable because we've got the looming fucking shit of who we're competing against. Like, yeah. no, yeah. nobody thought that anyone else is going to win the league let's be very clear nobody at the start of the season said we're going to win the league everybody said man city and like the last pod i thought was really good the last few minutes of the last pod for, for explaining why why we all have that kind of mindset when we go into any season and that's the worst thing about it all like we can be as good as we want to be and we can add up all these points over four to five seasons and go look how boss we were and what have we got to show for it we've got one league title so like <laughs> I'm just desperate. Let's just get one more point than them, cunts. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all I'm interested in now. One more point than them. And they're a little bit too close for comfort for me at the moment. But all we can do is take care of our own business. Like They'll do what they do. We've just got to... I'm approaching every single game like it's a cup game. And it's not fair. You shouldn't be looking at it like that in January. But that's how I'm looking at it. Every game's a cup, like a cup final. So... We're scoring goals. It's January. We're playing Bournemouth, and I'm fucking running around the front room, and we scored yeah. a goal, like yeah. because I'm that desperate. I'm like, just fucking get the game won. We're one 0 up. We're cruising in that game. I thought we played really well, and I'm like, get the second goal. All I wanted was get that second goal because mm. I'm looking at get the three points, move on to the next one. Next. Do you know what though? That's right. The good thing is though, we have been here before. Like if you look last season, Arsenal were in this situation. And Arsenal had never been in, in that situation before. We we were looking at them going, yeah, you don't know what you're in for when you're looking at Man City and they maybe they're getting beat 1-0 and you're getting your hopes up and then they score twice and it's like, oh, fuck. And they've reeled off yeah. 15 wins in the balance. Arsenal had no experience of being in that situation and eventually it caught up with them. And that was not any reflection on Arsenal at all. Like It pissed me off when people were saying Arsenal bottled it last year. And that's me defending Arsenal. No, the, the complete disdain I've had for Arsenal over the years, but that wound me up when you've got people saying, oh, they've bottled it, look at that, they've thrown it away. I'm like, no, none of you have got any idea what it's like to actually be in that situation and have to deal with that. And eventually, it was too much for Arsenal. Now, if they found themselves in that situation again, they'd go back to that experience of it and they'd be better for it. Well, we've been in that position. Not everyone, we've got a new team. But we've still got enough players and we've got like Klopp and the coaching staff who've all been there before. And us as fans as well, we've all been through it before and it does make a difference. So we're better equipped than than anybody 
to deal with this Man City thing, what what we've got coming over the next few months, because we have been there before. It's not like, you know, a, a new experience for us. Yeah, <clears throat> good stuff. I mean, just returning back to today, Dave. I said to you at half time that I felt okay with it being nil nil because it felt to me like one of those games where, in those conditions, you know, they're they're flying. They could come out and get an early goal. And we've seen it time and time again. We've we've kind of put ourselves behind the eight ball and had to recover from early setbacks. So the fact that it was nil nil at half time and the fact that we always get better in these second halves, I was fine. I was fine. I was quite content with it being nil nil at half time because you got the sense that we we would get it sorted out. And I I said to you that like we just needed some cohesiveness with the front three, and I wanted mm. Curtis to be more involved in the game. And within like five minutes, I think it was pretty soon after the restart. Um, you know, that happened. Curtis got on the ball, played it into Jota, who first time played it into Nunez. And, um, like, it, it was it was a finish that wasn't befitting of a man who was who's really sort of struggled for confidence in front of goal. He stroked it in really nicely. And as Brownie said, there was, you know, once we got that first goal, it was it was game over, really. Yeah. Um, I just felt, I, I agreed with you about the, the half-time thing. I think I said to you, it was just a case of, the forwards need to stop being shit and we'll be fine. And then I we scored and I, I messaged you and I was like, see, I said like the forwards need to stop being shit. They did and look what happened. And yeah. you were behind. <laughs> you hadn't seen the goal. Your feet yeah, was You be- do this all the time. He's always I, I mean I don't get too Love upset that. about it because at the end of the day we've we've scored and it's great. But it would be nice every once in a while. It's my own fault for looking at my phone as well. Like if I because I stream television, not through like an illegal stream or whatever, but in the States, there's like, it's like Sky Stream in Britain. You can get your entire live TV package, but you stream it rather than receiving it through a satellite or through cable. And it's inherently behind because the video has to be encoded in a different way. So I'm watching like a minute behind all you guys. And invariably, that means I get goal spoiled for me normally by day. Because I never remember. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you just never remember. And I've stopped bollocking you for it now. It's just like, oh, my own fault. Hang on a sec. I do that with you with the golf, Dave, and you're always fuming at me. I know, because... No excuse. No excuse for that. I I watch Sky on the computer, not on the telly. So because I'm watching it, like, on the computer, I'm always behind... So, so exactly the same as Chris then. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, you should remember this shit. I sit there and the puck goes in and I go, one, two, three. I get to the 30 and then I send you a message and you're doing this shit. Fuck it I'm not doing it deliberately I'm a though. massive fan of Dave explaining exactly what Chris just explained as if it's something different. Yeah. <laughs> no, only because I'm in the same country. I'm not in another country doing it. That's why I was saying, like, you know, I'm behind. I'm not behind because I'm, I'm like in another country. I'm behind just because I'm watching on the computer like Chris but um, I'm not doing it deliberately it's just my shitty memory that's all like I just keep forgetting uh, I'm going to start going to some of these golf events in Florida down the road for me just so I can spoil putts for you uh, I'll go to Sawgrass what's it called Sawgrass or whatever yeah, yeah Sawgrass and, the Players uh, Championship yeah there you go and I'll start tweet live live texting you the putts <laughs> as they go in <laughs> suck on that but anyway the, the goal yeah yeah um I need to watch it back because all I can remember about it is Jota's pass and then Darwin's finish. But I, I see, obviously, I seen at the time and it was like mm-hmm. bump, 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 bump. I'm like, oh, what a goal! But I've not watched it back to see all of what it's happened. Curtis before. Who played it into Jota. Big thing for me is Curtis on that one. I'm telling yeah. you, like not that long ago, Curtis would have brought that down. He'd have took another touch. He'd mm. have thought about what he wanted to do, and that thing does not happen. It doesn't happen. 
like straight away he just goes bang into Jota and it's a great pass by Jota the weight and everything yeah, is great is. but for me the big thing there is the development of Curtis Jones that yeah. that goal just says everything about him and you hear Klopp talking about it don't you that his area of development is being a bit more aggressive almost with his like attacking play and his passing forward mm. passing doing it a bit quicker that was a perfect example of how he's growing as a player I love that yeah. stuff there yeah he's, no he's definitely added that I say added that he, he had that like years ago and then he just started playing really safe, didn't he? You know, because he thought that's what he's supposed to do. Probably from watching like Wijnaldum, he's probably thought I need to be Wijnaldum, so he's doing like you know the the safe yeah. passing and that. And then, but that's not him. He's got he's got like a lot more to him than that. And we're starting to see that now. You know, carrying the ball forward, um, scoring goals, the defensive side of the game, superb, pressing, brilliant. Yeah, I thought he had another excellent game today, Curtis. Even in the first half, I thought he was fine. I would have liked to have seen him involved more, but I thought he was okay. It was, just, but the the two players who stood out pretty much all game, but first half especially, McAllister and Canate, the two of them, fucking hell. McAllister, we need to talk about him later. Yeah, on. we definitely will do. Yeah, but just go, going back on on the first goal, I think like with that finish, that does suit him. You know, I think it's. The 1v1s when he's running through and never fancying to score there, I always think he's, he's going to just hit the keeper or something. That particular one there, when he can open his body up and, and roll it across, I think that is the type of finish that like he's comfortable with. Um, but I, I, every time in those situations, I always think, oh, what if he misses? I'm going to have to be putting out fires all over the fucking place. <laughs> so it's just sweet to see it like nestling in the corner like that. But again... Don't you think uh, there's something just... to that audible cliche of time to think about it? I know you don't like that, do you? You, don't, you he don't had think time there, though. He had time to I don't think, think he did. Today. I think nah. he just went bang and just naturally finished it. No, I think both of his well. goals today are just bang, first-time finishes. Like, I, I think where that he hasn't first really one, got you've any got, time. you have got time. It, it's coming to him, and you've got to think, well, I'm going to do and he, he knew what he was going to do so I don't really think there is that I just think there's certain types of finishes that I, I, I don't think he's good 1v1 with the goalkeeper and you can say that's because he's got time to think about it I don't think it's that I just don't think that's a particular strength yeah but that was 1v1 with the keeper when when he gets rolled in he's literally in Not, front of the goal yeah, but it, it's 1v1 was, you mean when he's running through you mean when he's like running through, through. Yeah. yeah but that's when you're running through as you're sprinting onto the ball you have time to think about your type of finish that's my point I think it's more the ball coming across to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a different Too type much. of finish. Makes though. it easier for the goalie. I think he telegraphed that one, but it was so confidently just placed in the corner. You, you yeah, you have to. Your body shape, like... your body shape has to be that look, way to place at, it into the corner. See, yesterday, uh, Martinelli scored the exact same goal twice in the space of about thirty seconds. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was literally the exact same goal, exact same finish. But you can't do anything about it if you're the goalkeeper. You cannot stop them. If it's if it's put across yet into that far corner, unless you're badly out of position and you're covering that side of the goal, in which case the striker should go right, in the corner. You place it right, he's got no chance. Yeah, if you if yeah. you put it in that corner and the goalkeeper's doing the right thing, he's in the right position. He's not saving them. So yeah, I just think that that's a type of finish that suits him. A lot of the other finishes have been unlucky, but I, I do think the area where he's really got to work on is just the one v ones when he's running through on goal. Got to be better at them, and he will be. You know, it's just, um, it's I just don't think he will. I'm with Chris. I'm with Chris. I think, no, I think he, you're he, underselling he can score goals like If that you one. think that he's not going to improve at that, you're totally underselling Klopp and his ability to improve players, especially strikers. He's got a proven track record for doing it. Jules, um, we'll, we'll have some more Darwin talk later because his, cause his uh, second finish was, was quite clinical as well. Um, 
But was that goal going in a little bit of a, a nerve settler for you, or were you kind of quite confident that we, were we that we would find a way through and 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 have an improved sort of uh, more dominant second half performance that would get us on the way to three points? Mm, that's the conundrum there because I wasn't unduly worried, but I also could have seen it being us struggling to score. So it. It's not like I've got massive amounts of confidence in the team scoring like um, I did with the with the title winning team, um, but at the same time I just felt like I, even though we were missing Trent more, I, I I thought we that we must be able to create more clear cut chances than we were creating in the first half. I just and maybe maybe it is confidence that because our second halves have been so good this season. That it's like almost expected that it'll be a kind of a flat first half. Klopp will get older than the second half, and then we'll play quite well and win. Um, and once we scored, there's always that when, when you're in one nil up, there's always that little bit of element that the other team could score, and you'll get robbed of a, of, a, of a victory. But I don't know. There was something just there was something weird about the second half where these players who I, sometimes it's good when when a when players like Salah and Trent are missing because the other players have to step up and you see what they're made of. And maybe we just saw a little bit what they're made of this afternoon um, mm-hmm. in that second half without without those two more, most creative players. Although Darwin's got, what, 10 assists for the season? So it's not like he's not creative anymore. You can't really knock him uh, on that, in that aspect. He's got 10 goals, 10 assists. First player um, to reach that milestone this season, by the way. So to get that yeah. one in, nobody else has done yeah, it. Cool story. I mean, fair play. You can't argue with that, can you? Yeah. People have been using nope. stats to knock him all season. So people. Fucking um, <laughs> bastards. <laughs> people. Stats and, and me, uh, me. you know actual <laughs> games. And, to be uh, fair, <laughs> you've you've more been using like your eyes rather than stats to, to knock him. Yeah, the eyes. Yeah, the eye test. <laughs> yeah. The, um, do you remember when we used to use those to to watch football with, rather than spreadsheets? Yeah. The good old days. God, I sounded like a right fucking jumpers for goalposts. Not bad then, didn't I? Marvellous. Um, yeah, go on, Jules. Yeah, so I, I obviously scoring yet yeah, sort of settles everyone down a little bit, but the way we've been finishing games at the moment, I kind of I can't say it's expectation. It's not quite expectation, nor is it massive confidence. But I'm, it must be some form of confidence because I wasn't unduly worried at that point. Hmm. So it's it's a difficult one to quantify because I can't sit and go, yeah, totally, totally knew that was going to happen. Chilled out, not a problem. But I wasn't worried. But uh, but at the same time, you know, there's always the chance that that Bournemouth could score. So I'm not really given a clear cut answer because I, I it's it's a mixed bag of, of how I felt about it. Um, but it's weird. This is a weird team. Like Brownie said earlier, no one expected us to be top in January. A few points clear of everybody. This is like, it's not uncharted waters in considering what Klopp's done, but it is uncharted for where we thought the team would be, and so it's just yeah. trying to come to terms with what is the team? Is this what's the level? What's the baseline? What's the upper level and what's the lower level? And then we had a good handle of that because the 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 former team evolved over so many years that you knew the bottom, you know, you knew the middle and you knew the top. And here, I'm still not sure where 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 all those baselines are. But we're getting a clearer picture. Um, today was obviously closer to the top. I know Klopp pointedly said in his post-game interview with Sky, like I think Carragher said that you know, we, you know, since the West Ham game, 
and he interjected and said, was that after the Manchester United game yeah. or before? And he said after, he went, I think it started the Manchester United game. So I think he's still a bit sore that A, we didn't win that game and B, the amount of criticism that came from, mm. not from the stands, but you know, the lack of atmosphere, the sort of, ugh, the, the grumbling that we didn't beat them. I, I didn't think, I didn't think some people thought we were going to go in and smash them 5-6-0. But I think he's still a bit sore on that, that that game, yes, it was nil-nil, but we played quite well and he wants to get that point across too. And again, I think we're just seeing now we are seeing a bigger sample size and a long, a, a better baseline of where the heights are, where the middle is, and where the bottom is. If we say so far the height is Bournemouth, does anyone think we've we've played a better game? No. West Ham in no. the Carabao Cup, I'd say probably at home. All right, so that, we'll that use West Ham and Bournemouth. Well, what was the, the other top. game recently? And we said Newcastle at home. Newcastle, we were unreal. Yeah, expected goals was like up the chart, wasn't it? So I, I think what Klopp said's like like spot on. Now, any if you look at the game since the United game, I know we were all disappointed in that individual game, but since then, the amount of chances we're creating and the amount of like yeah. domination we're having in games, even, even that it's game, gone up a level. It's gone shots, up a level. Wasn't it? Was it yeah. thirty-four shots? Thirty-four, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm. So if we say that West Ham, Newcastle today are the top line. The middle line is probably we. I mean, we would probably say the United game, but by Klopp sound, and he wouldn't say that. So the middle is somewhere else, and then the the, the base, the, the bottom for this team. What's the bottom? Because we've only lost one game. It would be was it Toulouse away maybe? Uh, and that was. I wouldn't even count Europa League games to be honest. Yeah, okay. the game we lost was Tottenham, so wasn't it? And that was not even yeah, a fucking real Luton, loss. Luton was bad. Luton. Sheffield so United Luton. we won, but that was bad. Okay, um, yeah, Sheffield United actually. That, I think that was worse that than was, number yeah, one. It was, it was really bad. Everton we won, but so, that was bad. I thought we were shit, absolutely shit that day. Yeah, we weren't great. No. I think I think the point to take from this though is that not long ago we were saying, "Oh my God, we're top of the league and we've been shit." Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah, like no, that no. now. It feels like, hang on, we're in good form. Like we, we are where we should be. That's the real difference in the trend. Our yeah. performances are going one way. The results were always where we wanted them to, but the performances are now going the other way, and that that's exciting, isn't it? If you manage yeah. them two yeah. things up, then you're flying. Just and what Klopp said did... was was related to he's judging it completely in a different way to what how we're judging performances because he was going on like tonight it was counter press, counter press, counter press. That's the that's what's changed. That's why we're creating so many chances is because the counter press has like really clicked into gear. And he said the United game was the start of that. So while we're looking at it from playing football side of it and creating chances and, you know, just from when we've got the ball, he's looking at it just from yeah. things they're working on in training, which is the counter press and stuff that we're not necessarily seeing. We can see it, but we're not seeing it in like the technical details that he's seeing it, you know, specific players going into different areas and, and like targeting a specific opponent, all that sort of thing that we're not really privy to. He's looking at all that and he's going, fucking hell, this is working really good now. Yeah. Except today, he didn't think, he wasn't happy with the first half because we weren't doing that. And then the second half, we did it and like the performance is much better. But these are things that we don't often, we don't always pick up on, like just as fans watching the game. But um, yeah, the, the United game, from a counter pressing point of view, yeah, it might have been brilliant. But in terms of putting the ball in the net, it was fucking woeful. Um, what I, I I wanted to go back to what you just said about him in the um, Klopp in the post match there. He said such a revealing thing, which was like blew my mind. Like he said, when you've got so much of the ball, and I expected his next like sentence to be, 
when you've got so much of the ball, you're going to create loads of chances. And he didn't. He said, when you've got so much of the ball, you're going to lose the ball more. And then when you lose the ball more, you can then win it back higher up. What a mad thing and to that's say. When you, you don't the chances. How mad's that? Yeah, because you win the ball dead high. Yeah. So they, you know you're what in that's the final like? third that's, already. Um, what a fucking mad thing to say. I loved it. That's like the, the, the tide, right? The, it comes in and the further it goes in, then you, it goes out. It's, yeah. like the, 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 it's like the in, an incoming tide, effectively. That's what he's saying. The, you know, you go in, it comes, it goes away again, but then you come back in a little bit further and you get the chance yeah. to win it higher up. It just pitch, shows so, yeah. how much he buzzes mm. off the counter press because he's always said there's no number 10 in the world who's better than the counter press. He loves it, doesn't he? But for him mm. to flip it that way and get you thinking that, hang on, if we've got loads of possession, it means we're going to lose the ball higher up because they'll nick it off us, but then we nick it off them there again. That's boss. I love that. Didn't he also amazing. say, on, on hang that on a minute, goal. can I? Yeah, go on. Hang on a minute. I just need to, before it gets too far away, I just need to show some love for that Jules analogy. Usually it's about obscure 1980s video games and uh, <laughs> like this he's is getting all nature. philosophical on us with the tide. It's like highbrow yeah. analogies now, mate. Super. <laughs> but go on. Next no, level good, shit. Good. No, all I was going to say was when he was talking about that, he also said, uh, I think he's probably referencing the United game as well, when he was saying about when you've got so much to ball and you're up against a team that's like sitting in the expectation is on you to create chances but it's not it's not always easy to do that and then I think that's when he said about but when you when you've got that much of the ball then you you lose it a lot and that's when you can create chances so yeah it's not just that we look at it like you know when a team sits in deep and I often think well you're not going to be able to to press against a team like this because they just launch it you know they want to just sit deep and launch it they don't want to play but it's not really about that. It's about when we lose it. The second that one of their players gets the ball, it's not you know they can't just launch it. You know they, they're not always going to do that anyway. They try to play football when they win it back off you. They don't try to play when the goalkeeper's got a goal kick and then they'll start like trying to build from the back. They're not going to do that. But we often think, well, I do about like pressing is about when when they've got the ball and we press them. But it's not really. It's about like when we lose it, like you've got to get it back immediately. And if you do that, they they kind of so if the other team wins the ball, some of the players will like relax a bit and they'll be like, oh, okay, we've won it back now. And they might switch off for that second. But then if you pounce and you take the ball back, then there's openings there. So I think that's what it's all about really. And Based on what he was saying today, that's been like a real point of emphasis for us recently, and we're, we're flying in that regard now. Mm-hmm. Brownie, I just wanted to come back to something you said uh, a couple of minutes ago because I think it's a really pertinent point in terms of the performances have haven't been there yet, but the but the results have. But today and in the last sort of few games, really, we've been really happy with with those performances, and we and we can see a little bit more of of what we're trying to do, but. Also important to point out is that this is by no means the zenith either. You feel like we're coming into form now, but there's still plenty to come and lots of players to come back and players who haven't necessarily had that much game time, like the likes of Robbo, for instance, who can just really help us build on that and maintain this form and even build on it. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? You're almost looking at it and going, there's such a small pool of players now available that the ones coming back in, like, does Joe Gomez deserve to lose his place, regardless of who it is? No. Like, I love Andy Robbo, by the way, but are you just putting him straight back in the team? Because I don't think I am. 
Joe Gomez is unreal at the moment. Like his performance levels are off the charts. It's and tough. then, I, I mean, let's be clear: Trent go walks back in the team. Of course, he does. But does he go back in at right back? I think we need to have a conversation about that because I think Connor Bradley looks like the real deal to me. Like Paul mentioned, surely last Gomez goes to right him. back. Yeah, well, Gomez would, would go ahead yeah, of Bradley. I think that's a bit harsh on Connor Bradley, though, based on what he's doing. I'm almost like no, just Gomez. Gomez's is. level is much better, though, isn't it? Yeah. I know, like, but I'm you, almost trying like, to put the square the pegs in the square is. holes. No, Joe Gomez for me though is not a he's not a square peg in a round hole at left back. He's done that job plenty of times, and for me, he looks really natural there. He would have I been, but he, the way he's played tells you well, actually that's unfair. But we all yeah. thought that we thought he'd do a job, but it is. This is the thing about the, the like to answer your question. He's no, mostly Chris, in midfield like, again today. Don't Brown, he wasn't really. He dry, he, 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 yeah, he, yeah. He's effectively taken on the James Milner role in the squad now. Just the guy you need to have a high performance level wherever you put him on the field. But how good does he look in midfield? I wow. never had Joe Gomez as being somebody who could drop into midfield in the build play, like in the phase of that play and look good. And he just looks like this big, massive lad who can play football. I want to see him up front. <laughs> in a certain game this year where we're a few goals off, I'd be like, yeah, go on, Joey, go centre forward. <laughs> I, I, I guess the answer to your question, though, Chris, there is that all these players coming back in, that's like just a luxury, isn't it, of options. And mm. whatever Klopp decides, we're all going to go with, aren't we? Because he's going to see them in training during the week and he's going to know who's best suited for, for whatever role and everything. It's just, I don't know, everything's looking brilliant. It almost, it just feels like it's all coming together, doesn't it? That's that's the beauty mm-hmm. of it for me. Like, yeah. Like naturally, you look at a season and you hope that you it just progresses and gets better as it goes on, and it is. It all's just coming up really well. A, a quick point on this: we spoke about this on the last pod because one of the questions I think I think John Bede was said about what's your team if you're playing like a final next week or whatever. We were assuming that if everyone's fit, and we all picked our team. And when Monty heard it, he was straight in the chat. He was like, "I can't believe none of you's put Tiago in if everyone's fit." And I was like. To be honest, I'd completely forgotten about him. I'm not even I, thinking about him. And Paul said, yeah. like, Paul was like, yeah. He plays for Chelsea, doesn't he? Exactly the same. I, I'd totally <laughs> forgotten about him. But it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. Like, you know, we're saying about players to come back in and that. We're not even thinking about Thiago. And yet, if he was fully fit, he probably He's the ultimate hypothetical, though, player. isn't he? He's you never know, fit and he's never available, so it's irrelevant. So. No, I know. But it, I think he will. Just, I think he'll, he'll play his part, you know, before at some the end point. Of the well, he will. He'll show up when the glory's about. Me. I think at some I, point he's going to be. If he wants to do to play, it and, and he contributes, I'm all for it. If he contributes before the end of the season and we're what, all fucking what swinging our dicks, what even is the injury? Hip. Yeah, they've been really vague about it, but I think he's. Hip, it was. Klopp said last week about uh, when the date for players to come back, and he said like Trent, Robbo, Dom before the end of the month, and then he said um, Thiago, Thiago was February. Mm-hmm. Which I February? mean the strength for the squad when yeah. you look at it and you list all the players when everyone's back available. By it's an far outrageously the strong squad. It really it's, is it's like by far the strongest. It almost goes say, against not real... moaning a little bit. About you know not signing well, more players and that, but yeah. you look at it and you're like, the, the, it's the versatility for me when you look at different like Maka. You say we're not signing six, players, Brownie. Yeah, you say we're signing players, but they're never all fit at once, are they? No, no, like, and that's that's the reason why you build like a slightly bigger yeah. squad than you need, especially yeah. with the kind of we're, style of football that we played. Like, they run out of legs, yeah. don't they? That's not. We'll always have players wanting to come back at some point. Yeah. 
They're all contributing, though. That's what I love about it. Like, they're all contributing. Like, Connor Bradley's come into the team, and I'm even saying here, I don't even think he deserves to be dropped, and he's only played three games. Do you know what I mean? But he's been that Mm -hmm. impressive. He looks like he's just slotted in, and he knows exactly what his job is. And he, he just looks very impressive, doesn't he? Like, as a right-back, he's just really Owen good. Beck came on today and was, like, desperate to make an impression. He's, like, yeah. just flying Bobby Clark forward as well. that. Yeah, so they are Amazing. making contributions. It's great. Just on Thiago and, and, and the contributions front, like, if Thiago can be, like, say, like the Undertaker at WrestleMania, like, he, he wrestles one match a year and it's the biggest show of the year, and he comes in and he has like a great game against somebody and spurs us onto three points. Yeah, the city yeah. Game. If he comes in for the city game at Anfield and runs the show, um, and we win that game, then great. Like it'll be worth the whatever the ten million Absolutely. quid that that like, gets a year from us. But Absolutely. Um, you guys saw Klopp's interview on Sky after the game, right? With um, with Redknapp and Carragher and yeah. uh, Kelly Dalglish. Um, what just one more thing on that? Like yeah, I saw like Bournemouth fans complaining about like ex-Liverpool people in the media so you had the daughter of our most famous player ever <laughs> Jamie Carragher and Jamie Redknapp and somebody was like well, couldn't we find any ex-Bournemouth players Jamie to... Redknapp? Yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> right only until he was 17 was but still <laughs> yeah um, and his dad's and a Bournemouth the most... legend I was going to say his yeah, dad and... yeah get his dad down there Jamie's still the most famous Bournemouth player of all time so. yeah um, but just on on the sixth front in terms of Stu's point about whether he's the first choice like Klopp was really good on McAllister and this is as good a time as any to to talk about McAllister because he was he said that like when you're more compact as we are now as a team then there's absolutely no problem with having Alexis as the six because we're not that stretched and Mm. perhaps there would be a more defensive minded player who would be better in that role like a Fabinho when we are stretched and obviously that fell apart completely last season and we saw the results of that but playing as we are now, much more compactly, then Alexis is so good on the ball and his defensive aspect of his game is good enough that it doesn't negatively impact us having him in that position. And I thought, you mentioned it, Brownie, as well, but I thought he was fucking fantastic today. Like, one Gosh. of his best games for us so far. Absolutely outstanding. Like, you, I think you just said good enough without the ball. Like, without the ball today, he was an absolute monster. He was winning tackle yeah. after tackle. That's mm-hmm. what I loved about it. Like, we all know he's calm and he's going to bring a certain element in the build where he's dead calm and he lays little passes off and he'll drop his shoulder. He can do all that. But he was winning so many tackles. I thought, like, I, I wrote on one of the group chats that. That's as good as six performance in the first half, specifically, as you're going to see. He could not have done any more. He was absolutely perfect in everything that he did. He won all his tackles, he won headers, he got on the ball, he helped build the play. I mean, one of the passes he hit in the first half was outrageous, like 50-yarder, you know, from the right over to the left, right to his foot. He just looked like he oozed class today for me. That was his best performance, I think, in the Liverpool shirt. And that pass early think... on, you thought he was going to be good all day, didn't you? you just knew it would be Yeah, good you know Tom when someone's in the groove, don't you? You yeah. know when somebody's like yeah. the ball in a bit and you're like, yeah, he's in the mood today. That's what it felt yeah. like a bit yeah. with McAllister. Like. Um, but now it's food for thought, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've loved how Endo's been progressing and obviously he's gone away and you think, right, we need someone to step up. That goes back to my point from before, though. Like, people are going away for whatever or getting injured, getting suspended. Somebody else has got to do the job. 
and we just put someone else in and they do the job perfectly. It doesn't matter. We're talking about right back. We're talking about the six. We're talking about left back. It doesn't matter. They all know exactly what they need to do. That obviously comes from Kloppo. It comes from the coaching staff. But there's, I don't know. There's just a confidence building amongst the squad where they want to achieve something. So they, they don't care if they're playing in their favourite position. They're going to go in. They're going to do a job for the team. And yeah, he, he epitomised that today. I thought McAllister. I thought personally he was man the match. You're not going to get man the match in a game like that where you know you need you from free to step up if you're going to get the three points. The number six isn't going to get the man the match. But for me, he was the best player on the pitch. Thought he was outstanding. Emil Canati, mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Canate, Dave, like just recently, he really looks like he's got the bit between his teeth at the moment. And he's kind of, um, I think he's maturing before our very eyes and just becoming this absolute monster. And with how Verge was today, like, you know, we've said before, Bournemouth are a decent side. They play decent stuff. And Solanke's been banging the goals in like left, right and centre. But Virgil just didn't give him a fucking sniff today. And Canate sorted everything else out. He was, both of them were absolutely flawless. Yeah, they were. As you say, it seemed to be Virgil just picked up Solanke and Canate was just doing everything else. But I think it might have been on the last pod and I was talking about Canate and I said about like the way Arsenal fans are going on about like Saliba being better than Van Dijk and all that. And I said, well, Canate's keeping him off the French team and there's a reason for that. But Canate, probably because he plays next to Van Dijk, he doesn't get anywhere near the hype that his performances probably justify because he is absolutely sensational and to be fair to him he pretty much has been ever since he walked through the door now yeah. I think what we're seeing now is is like I think he's he's more confident on the ball not that he was never not confident on the ball but he's doing more things now like pinging crossfield passes fizzing it into the striker's feet and stuff. You were seeing like more from him on that side of the game and carrying the ball forward as well. He's obviously been what been watching Big Bird when he used to do it. But he's just developed all that side of it. But if you're playing that that system, which we're not playing at the moment because we've got Bradley who's playing as an actual right back. But when you've got Trent doing his thing, you need someone who can just lock down that entire right hand side of the pitch and, and he does. Look at what he did to Martinelli. Like the the, the game uh, it was at Anfield, wasn't it? Uh, I think, yeah, it was the Anfield game. He, uh, the other yeah. game as well. I don't think Martinelli started the cup game. He came on as a sub, didn't he? But that game at Anfield, Martinelli's a really dangerous player, and Canate just—it was like it was like he was up against a ten-year-old. It was—it was the mismatch was just huge, but he's, he's really stepped it up, and I think that's also probably because he's you know he's more confident with his fitness now where we were having to kind of wrap him in cotton wool a little bit. But because we haven't been playing that many games recently, it's like he's starting each game. But he did get a bit of a, like a, um, went over on his ankle, didn't he? Like late on. So oh, yeah. need mm-hmm. to need to hope that that's nothing too serious. But that was like, why was that eight minutes stoppage time? 
That was a joke. What, wasn't it? The, that's like Klopp's pissed off because it, not yeah. because he's worried that the results in any danger. He did not want eight minutes stoppage time purely for that that somebody could get injured and then. Plus, it was home. unfair because Bournemouth were down to ten because they'd yeah. used all their subs and like everybody wanted to just. This is why I don't. The, yeah, the, I, was where did say, I don't even think they wanted bypass. it. Yeah. Just, but just, but it's just three nil. The, the game's over. They're playing with ten men. Everybody in the stadium wants to go home. It just, was weird. Just, I know, but by the same token, if that ninety-fifth minute goal or whatever is the one that wins us the league, then yeah. I'm not going to be complaining about. Yeah, we're that, all but, for it. Yeah. I, I was quite willing to play the next ten minutes anyway, just to get down in that trick. So, <laughs> but, but like, if I'm being objective about it. Where did the eight minutes come from? That was that was weird because there was no VAR checks, there was no like lengthy stoppages. Really, was there? Those eight minutes was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, par for the course now, really, isn't it? These elongated stoppage time games, but they just need to have some common sense and realise context and just fucking get the game. On the point of um, to... just going back to Canate, though, Chris. Like, I mean, he was yep. absolutely brilliant, but. I love that uh, the block he did in the second half, and he celebrated it mm-hmm. like a goal, didn't he? That, that to was me that the is chest like bump with, with Verge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that, mate. Yeah. That's boss. Yeah, like too, we man. don't normally do that's shit like that. that, and I'm like, oh lad, that's <laughs> brilliant. You you want them building that kind of relationship, don't you? Where they're like a proper partnership and everything. I love yeah. that. That was great. Heaven forbid we can keep it. We can keep him fit now. Not that we haven't got capable backups, but those two together have a certain impenetrableness about them that you want to protect and have on the field for our biggest games uh, coming up in the next few months. Um, yeah. Well, he's um Jules, he's rolled his, he's rolled his, sorry Chris, he's rolled his ankle, but yeah, go ahead. you wouldn't play him, you wouldn't play him again now probably till Chelsea anyway. That's the 31st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got agree. 10 days to probably rest him up. There's no need to play him Quanta against the Get concerned against Fulham and Norwich for me. Alongside yeah. Verge, but that that's what I would be doing. Yeah. Maybe not against Norwich, maybe Verge sits that one out. No, no. So Quans, yes, Quansa and probably Quansa yeah. yeah. and Gomez probably against Gomez, yeah. Of Norwich, yeah. Agreed. Sorry, Chris. Jules, it's going to come to you anyway. But um, mm. we made some subs um, on sixty third minute. Gravenberch and Gakpo came on. It's not too bad to be able to bring like they were our only real extra attacking options. But we two Dutch internationals onto the field um, in place of Harvey and Diaz. I didn't think Diaz had much impact on the game perhaps because he was on the right in an unfamiliar position but um I, th- I felt like we kicked on a little bit from that point and we got the second with 18 minutes to go it's a really really lovely finish from Jota but I thought the work from Darwin like sometimes I I look at him and I think in those weird little one-on-one situations he can sometimes lose track of the ball or get beat but he's kept his eye on it and, and won the physical battle and played the ball through to Gakpo um, I thought the pass from Gakpo was initially a little bit too close to the defender, but it was perfect. Yeah. And Justin, one of those unerring Fowler-esque finishes from from Jota low into the near post corner and off the post, like and from you know from then we're we're plain sailing. The Gakpo pass, it did look like that, but I wonder if he was being smart enough to adjust for pitch conditions, because I noticed a few times in the second half there was a bit of water skidding up. Uh, on the left-hand side as we were attacking from from the surface. So maybe, yes, in ordinary circumstances, that pass might have not got where it was going, but given that the conditions that the pitch was in, uh, that's why it looked like it did and it really got where it did. Um, and yeah, Jota, I, the Carragher made a, bold, made a bold shout that he might be the best pure finisher, better than Fowler, 
Torres, Suarez, Owen. Don't know about foul. That's too. That's too far. Yeah. Well, he, he he did sort of like he did sort of row it back a little bit on Fowler, but I get where he's coming from because I agree. Did, Not Fowler. Did anyone? Did anyone think when that pass was given to him that he wasn't going to score? No. No. Because you just it's two you just, as well. It doesn't matter which side he's on. You yeah. still feel the same mm-hmm. way. Like the, the 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 jumping ahead to the second to the fourth goal, that's like that's that's I can't even, that's not Jota in a nutshell because the first initial miscue is unusual for him in the in the box. What do you mean like a that. miscue? But like, that was the best first touch ever. It deceived the entire. He's like what he's doing the Mister Perfect, throwing the ball for himself, is he? <laughs> yeah. He well, he, 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 he put himself in the pass. fancy team, Manny. So he yeah, he did. To he told Connor Bradley, he was like, "That was that a bad was. pass. That's why. That's why <laughs> I did that. Your cross wasn't good enough." He said to him. But like, even then, he makes like lemons. Out, uh, he makes lemonade out of lemons. Like he, did, yeah. he, he fucks it up, and then he still manages to just give us an erring dart like finish into the into the into the bottom of the bottom corner. It's incredible. He's like, he's he's obviously the best finisher in the current squad and since he's been at Liverpool he's the best finisher even allowing for Mo's numbers Divock? we all know Mo no I mean like I love Divock he's a great but... finisher he was a yeah, really good finisher yeah but Jota is a cut, is a cut above Divock I think no, he's, he's a better player he gets more chances I think he's a cut above and finisher I think Div- yeah. Divock's Divock's your big your big man for the big occasion but like you meet potatoes games uh, you know, like like Jota scores in, I wouldn't be backing Divock that much. Jota's got more volume I, about him, hasn't he? Because of the yeah. way he plays. Yeah, and that's I, why, I, that's I, you know, there. you know how much I love Divock. I've always been a big uh, Origi fan. But yeah, uh, just no, no doubt the best finisher we currently have and have had since he's been at the club. But it is a bold shout. Is he better than Fowler? No. He's probably on a no, par with not. Fowler, though. I don't think he is. I think he's I've got sat, that boss trait, I've, though. Sorry, I've soured on Fowler yeah. a wee bit. No, no, sorry, mate. I just, I'm just gonna say I've soured on Fowler in the last five right. or six years. I, d- I think because I've soured on that entire era because I just think they're a bunch of wasters. <laughs> maybe, That's maybe, a good but point, I, yeah. maybe seeing like an actual it's a professional. Time, though, wasn't it? It's a different yeah. time. It was a different no, time, I but get, at the same yeah, time. But at the same time, Manchester United were, were like were professional. Like they, they not, the, not the, as much the, as you think when you listen to some of no, them. No, no, but the drinking was like... done when the drink when it was. This sounds like a rhyme. The drinking was done when it was won, right? They didn't, you know, like for the most part, like you know, you'd have Ferguson going around and pulling Lee Sharp out of someone's house party and go get get home, that kind of stuff. Should we talk um, about Ryan yeah, Giggs? Was, Fuck it out. Yeah, and it was a different. It, I know it was a different era, but at the same time, I do like. I'm not. I'm not. So, take about the off. Like I'm looking at a, a professional set of players that have been fantastic for five or six years under a professional manager, and I look back at those '90s players, and do you know what? I can remember most '90s games more than I can the current games, but I do look back and go, "You were all a bunch of wasters and chances." He didn't for the have Clapodo, did they? He walks in and he makes a completely different thing out of that squad. That of is, that is true. That's a different pod. And as soon, we and do as, a pod as, soon as a gaffer turned up. Mm-hmm. But as soon as a gaffer turned up who did want something more from him, who did want that little bit extra professionalism, he was sold because he couldn't make, he couldn't match up to He didn't want to go though, did he? He was fucking gutted to leave. Yeah, he didn't want to go. Of course he didn't want to go. He was sold because he could not match up to what Julier expected. 
of the professional level. That's that's and that's I why I've sold a wee bit. And I and I loved I loved Fowler. I loved like some of his goals are outrageous. The Villa goal, the three 0 Villa goal, is like one of my my favourite goals. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I you know, he was a genius finisher. Yeah. But he left a lot yeah, on Benit- the table. Benitez now, brought back him back in. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously when his career was at a different ebb and everything, but. Benitez would not entertain somebody who did not have an element of discipline. Well, at that point, game. I think he knew he like he, he was like playing the elder statesman role at that point, and at that you know at that point he just wanted to be back in Liverpool, back involved. So, and again, if you're in your thirties, it's an interesting conversation. I think it's, drinking. It's Fowler, Fowler and Carragher made that deal to bring Fowler back. I think not. Sorry, Gerard and Carragher made that happen. Yeah, they, really. I think. Yeah, yeah maybe. They, they were heavily involved, didn't they? Yeah. Going back okay. to Jota, though, but the like, point I wanted to make was yeah. he's got that trait whereby, like, he forgets how shit he sometimes is. Do you know what I mean? Well, the like, first half, he an hour does of this some game, really. He was, yeah, he, he was having one of them. Doesn't look like a footballer yeah. type game. Exactly, we've spoke about that recently. But whereby we're like, we don't know what we're getting from him. That's mm. the point. He forgets how shit he is at times. And it that, makes no difference. That is where if it's yeah. waiting gold in the striker yeah. can I, because you just, can I just forget say about as well, them shit ones and move on to the next one. I just want to say as well. I think I do. I like not to because I don't want people suddenly thinking I'm like absolutely ripping on Robbie Fowler. Fowler's highs are higher than Jota can do. Some of the finishing, some of the goals that that Fowler scored, I don't think any the anyone outside of Suarez was probably capable of doing. Yeah. But in terms of just like pure finishing, like in as a box in a, a penalty box player, I think they probably are in a part. But I like some of Fowler's goals from outside the area just like outrageous some of the, the genius was there for all to see and I, I think I've soured on him because I didn't think he left so much on the table he could have been so much more yeah. could <clears throat> definitely don't write it's him nice to see uh, <laughs> nice to see Jules my boy Luis Suarez getting a mention on the podcast <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't long before it wasn't long before um, before Jota got his got his third Dave and um Arguably, that was just a better finish than than the second, and it was one of those where the ink hadn't dried on the way yeah. before he just smashed it into the net. <laughs> it's fantastic that wasn't it? Yeah, John B said that. Like he said, it's like the quickest silence and of a way that that we've ever seen. And he went beating Bournemouth's previous record with Darwin earlier in the season because yeah. nobody had the the, the the poor touch that took him out wide. Uh-huh. And then he, he and yeah. they would all go away. Sarcastically, and then, and then he just does, fucking does, it in the top corner. Yeah. So yeah, you think they'd have learnt the lesson, but no, they didn't. Um, but it was just really funny when, like, because you're seeing like Jota having a conversation with Bradley on the pitch, and the commentators were saying, "Oh, he's, I wonder if he's asking." Is Jota claiming his own assist, or is, is Bradley saying, you know, that's my assist? And then, like, when they asked him afterwards, and he was like, no, no, I was saying, like, that was a bad pass. <laughs> that's why my shot was like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, as soon as, like, he, he has that wild swipe and the ball goes up, as soon as you realize, oh, Jota's still got it, you don't even, he doesn't even need to finish it, just pick the ball up, take it back to the center circle, because that was never going yeah. anywhere else other than the back of the net. And then, um, like you mentioned, that you wanted the game to go on for another 10, 15 minutes for Darwin to get his hat-trick. But um, nice assist for Joe Gomez as well for, for the fourth goal. And it was it was it it looked kind of awkward the way he approached the ball, Darwin. But really, it was a, a class finish, really. I've, I've landed on it being a class finish rather than like an, an awkward attempt because he, he definitely knew what he was doing, didn't he? 
Yeah, I think so. It did look awkward, though. It was unconventional rather than awkward, I'd say. Yeah. It wasn't the type of finish you would have expected in, in that situation, but he was in complete control of what he was doing. So, yeah, it's a good finish. Uh, nice for Joe Gomez to get an assist. I've seen somebody put on Twitter, he's the uh, the second Premier League player this year with the initials JG to, to register one assist. And the other <laughs> one was that. Grealish. <laughs> so he's got the same assist as Grealish now. I love nice. that. Now, he doesn't nice. score many either, Grealish. So if he's not setting them up and he's not scoring, what are you really getting for your 100 million? <laughs> Isn't he still yeah, recovering from his summer bender? Free kicks. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, diving for free kicks is pretty much it, yeah. yeah. Um, Dave, you and I have a, a group chat with uh, with John Brennan, and he keeps us posted on the um, the number of goals that the front players have scored this season. And today was like his best day of the season, his most active day in that chat of the season. So we're up to fifty four <laughs> yeah. now for for the uh, for the front five. Um, and I also think it's kind of significant, maybe Brownie, that like you look at this team and the the development of it and the transition between the the two eras basically um i think this might be like maybe the first league game that we've had maybe where there was no mo no bobby no sadio perhaps and it was significant that the players that have replaced them have come in and they they've done the business for us today and we've you know scored four goals all scored by the front players that's mad when you look at it like that, like, no more Bob, Bobby and Sadio. Fucking hell, didn't think about that. Um, yeah, it just shows, doesn't it, that, that obviously the the club have realised that they've got to build a new front three over time and it's it's starting to, like, show itself in it. Um, I want to use that as a point to maybe talk about Diaz, to be honest with you, Chris. Like, I know I've mm-hmm. been a little bit down on him in recent weeks and he, he did have a couple of good games, but... Again today for me, like he's up against the, like the, their left back. I think the commentators were saying that he's not played in the Premier League he's before. I don't know if they bought him. They bought him back from on loan yeah, or something. And he looked like a bag of nerves to me. And Diaz just kept getting the ball and laying it off inside, and it was doing my head in. And then I mean, just look at it. Like we're looking after the game, and who were the front three who had a um, big impact on the game? You've got Darwin, you've got Jota, and you've got Gakpo. Gakpo had an impact when he came on the pitch. A lot more than Diaz did. And for me, that's something just to keep an eye on. But the, the good thing is we've got lots of options, haven't we? We've got, um, it's not just a front three. They've got backup players who come in and contribute all the time. And the numbers are looking good, aren't they? When you compare it to like when we've won the league or Champions League and season's gone, I think we're, we're on par, aren't we? I think we're mm-hmm. tracking what we might have done in previous years. So, yeah, it's good. We've got the most firepower, haven't we? So that stands us in good stead for a... You know, a sprint to the line. If you know you've got goals in you, it's obviously going to be a big help. Jota's so. huge, though. Jota is absolutely huge. Regardless of what role he is, like whether yeah, he's on the he, left, through the middle, him on the coming bench, back whatever. is almost being a bit of a catalyst on it to get everybody else going. Like mm. I think it makes yeah, a difference because other teams realise how good a finisher he is. That they almost like they're desperate to stop him from scoring, and it gives space to everyone else, doesn't it? Like that. That's that's a big thing, and yeah, we need to wrap him up in cotton wool. I think. You say that, Brownie, but does he have to start now for you? In our, Jota, you know, obviously Jota. there's rotation. But and where does he start? In, in our no, Jota's a hundred percent in the starting where? team for me, without a shadow of a doubt. That's that's more of a difficult one to answer because I personally prefer Darwin through the middle. I know some people like him on so the left. Do I. 
So that to me is a difficult one because I like Jota through the middle as well. So that that's quite difficult. But it depends on the opposition. And the good thing with today is he started a certain way. He's got him with the analysts at half time. He's realised it's not quite working, and he totally flipped them all, didn't he? Like Diaz went from right to left. Yeah. Nunes moved inside. Jota moved, and the the good thing is that all versatile. He can play across the front three. So it might depend on who you're playing as to who's going to have the impact on the game. But for me, Jota, hundred percent of them picking a cup final team. He, he starts for me. Yeah. Um, Jules, I, I want to change my selection from the other night. You're changing it, okay? I'm I'm putting right. Jota in over Diaz, the team that I picked the other night. Yeah, right. I I thought you were being extremely. <laughs> See, I, I was I was picking it based on them all playing at the best, which is not what the question was really. So, it was if what would you if it was the next game, what would you pick? So I should have taken that into account more, and um, yeah, I would I would take um, Jotter over Diaz at the moment. Yeah. What about okay. you, Jules? Mm, yeah, probably would take Jotter at the moment. I I I thought Diaz was playing himself back into form though, so I'm not. Uh, I think it's a slow process with him. I think he is getting back into form, and I think he will. I think he will. Wh- whether he'll get back to the ex- the explosive player that, that that we brought in in the um, when we were going for the quadruple is a different matter. But I do think he is slowly playing himself back yeah, into form. I agree. Um, but if you were picking it right now, I think it would be Jota. I think he has to be. Diaz he? is too passive, though. Like he, too often, he just will lay the ball inside and give look, it to somebody I, else to do. Like, look at Jota. Like Jota, the the point that we're making about Jota sometimes looking like he can't play football is because he's so direct. He wants to just score a goal. Do you know what I mean? He just barges his way through sometimes. Like he looks like he's me. not doesn't know what he's doing. Diaz often takes that easy way out and goes, right, I'll give it to someone else. And I, I, I get it, you do that as part of the build-up phase because you're like, right, there's no space here, so I'll go back inside and I'll maybe I'll look to make a run and get on the end of it. But to me, it's just given responsibility to other people too many times for me. I, I don't I, disagree with that. All I'll say about Diaz, it might help him when Robbo comes back, just that understanding mm, down the left. Possibly, yeah. He may have suffered yeah. with Robbo not being there. Because he's always he'll always overlap him. So Diaz comes inside and he knows he's always got an overlapping player. Not in the shape when Trent's going in midfield. Though. He still that, was. That, that, might, not, that might have also impacted them as well. Yeah, though, you know, but a, a, as a does point. still overlap. Maybe not to the like relentless extent he did, but he does still do it. So I think that maybe harms Diaz a bit. And I'm hoping that when Robbo's back, Diaz might click again. Yeah, possibly. Might but be fair. That's a, that's another point though, Dave. As well that like I think. When we were at uh, Zenith as the the title winning team of um, Firmino, Mane, and Salah, and the functional midfield and the the fullbacks bombing forward, we had one way of playing. But I feel now, it, perhaps we're like just a little, we're a bit more versatile, and we have the ability to, like, we have the ability to pop Gomez in at right back and have Trent as a full time midfielder, like. If if the situation dictates, Robbo can be that like bombing on. Left left sided fullback who's got who's racked up like fifty Premier League assists and stuff. We have, whereas we had the front three previously, and you know maybe Divock in a break glass and emergency type situation. Now we have like five guys that we can yeah. rotate. Well, Salah's always going to play, but the other four can rotate on form, and whichever one is delivering the goods in time. We and we have the ability to bring someone like it. Maybe if he's not doing enough to start the games you still want somebody like Luis Diaz as an impact substitute who can 
alter the course of the game and and really come in and step in for us in big moments like i don't know well, I'm, you... I'm, maybe i'm getting a bit ahead of myself but i'm i'm thinking we're we're just in really good shape i think if we can maintain some modicum of everybody staying healthy and fit and yeah yeah basically well that. The, definitely i've got more more strings to our bow like you only have to look at the difference in the right back position if trent's playing we know what Trent's doing now, but Connor Bradley's playing and he's up and down the line, getting forward, getting back, just getting involved in everything, natural right back. And we look good regardless of how we're playing. You know, Trent's not in the team and we're still looking really good. Mo's Mo's been up the the team and we've coped. But do you remember at the start of the season where we would say, like, what the fuck is this system if Trent is injured? Yeah. You know, we, we were concerned that it all revolves around him and we don't have anything else if he's out. Well, that put, this puts that concern. Because we just put Gomez start. in there. <laughs> it's Joe yeah. Gomez playing, dropping into midfield. We just right. flipped it over. Instead of, like, the right back going into the middle, it's been the left back. And we've got a marauding right back now. It's just, yeah, we have. Mad. We've got, like, lots of different ways of playing. But just something you said there, Chris, which it's always been the case about you said about like rotating and you went well not Mo Mo just plays every game I think that changes as of now Mo getting a hamstring injury he's Mo's never had a hamstring injury Mo does not get mm-hmm. injuries like that Mo getting a hamstring injury it's it's like okay so is this now the point where he's not Iron Man now where you just oh yeah Mo can play every game every minute of every game maybe that's no longer the case and we do have to be a little bit more sensible with it and not just take it for granted that he's Superman and he can just play um, because he never gets muscle injuries so for him to get that muscle injury now we don't know the circumstances involved like maybe their training sessions aren't like the warm up maybe the was shite yeah there, there could be all kinds of factors yeah. but still it's a red flag that Mo has got a, a muscle injury when Mo like is always been like indestructible. He's been immune to that, so maybe the days. Good of, that like, he's coming back though. Game. Yeah, well, Klopp said it's. He doesn't know if that's a hundred percent confirmed, but the plan is he comes back here for for treatment, and then I saw a quote that said. I saw a quote that said he'd be coming back, and if he's fit, he'd be available for the final. Okay. That's what I saw before well, I came on. They're not this. getting to the final with, without Mo. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. New point. Get, but I think you said before we came on, Chris, that like we need him back here purely because if he's there and he can walk and they've got like a, a, a do or die game, even if yeah. he's on the bench, they would send him on. They would like nothing twice about his welfare. They would be like, yeah, go on, try and get us a goal. So if he's back here, like being treated and, and recuperating, we then determine. When he's whether he's fit to go back or not, so that's that's a big thing. If we can get him back here, I do think that's that benefits us a lot. Yeah, plus he gets to work with like our sports science people who are among the best in the sport and and who know him inside out. Exactly, yeah, precisely. So it benefits. I mean, it might not benefit Egypt, but it benefits us, which you know, it it (laughs) might just all any of us cares about, right? (laughs) It might just be that he cut his hair, and you know, you cut your hair when you've got a lot. Samson. Samson, yeah. you know, it's got the Samson yeah. effect, maybe that. Yeah. That haircut was overdue, though, for Mo, I think. He was starting to look a little bit like he was... A bit sideshow yeah, bias. You know, when... Yeah. yeah, when you... But when you grow well, you know, it out, the problem you know is, you're losing it. Like, I know... Yeah, he's starting to recede, isn't he? He's starting to get the peninsula at the front, yeah. Yeah. He's getting yeah. the peninsula, so he was trying to cover it up. Yeah, my mate Paulie, <laughs> he had his last, like, hurrah with hair, where he 
like grew out this massive ginger fro type situation. And to be fair, it looked awesome, but it was like straight after that, it bicked it and he never looked back. So he's got those like North Liverpool Walton Vale jeans where it, you know, <laughs> baldness by 27 is, uh, is par for the course. But, um, You've got that over yeah. in Oxton as well, apparently. Yeah, can, can we move on, please? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Paul. Brown, well, you sorry, still got here. I know, yeah, a little, a little bit. <laughs> Define but the way he's gone. But he's got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Jules, what's your, what's your biggest takeaway from today? Oh. Um, Nunes, Nunes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, it's great to see. It's great to see. I hope he carries on for the rest of the season. I'll be fires us to the league title. I have no problem. I'm not one of those dickheads who roots against my own players. What's the point of that? <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand it. Just want him to be better more often. Yeah. That's all. I don't think that's like unreasonable. Um, I main think take those away... dickheads who root against Dave, though, Jules. I think that's the. <laughs> that's the well, yes, Dave, fair. I, I, do you know what? Fair. Do you know what? I. I can tell you now, I spoke with Dave about this before a match recently, and I'm like, do you know half the problem is, is like, you go so overboard, everyone goes against you, and he's like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> he knows full well that he's half the problem. Do you know what if it he is? Didn't go... Yeah, here we go. It, no, it's you two, I don't know whether Brownies watches it, I don't know whether Brownie will get onto this, but you two know what I mean. Mac Day. Do you remember it? When Dennis says, like, you know, all these years I thought I hated like all this cool stuff when really it's just Mac. I hate Mac. <laughs> Mac's making me hate all this cool stuff. And I watched it the other night and I was like, oh, that's like, that's exactly what it is. It's like I'm making them hate Darwin. <laughs> that's a always sunny in Philadelphia reference for those who haven't seen it. There's an episode called Mac Day. If you haven't watched Always Sunny anyway, get yeah, on it. But get on it. Definitely. The fans of the show will understand that one perfectly. But go on, Jules, your your, your main takeaways from today. So, yeah, the, the, I suppose the main takeaway, as and it's really boring, is this was very exciting today. This performance is very exciting. I don't expect every performance to be like this. That's an unreasonable assumption. But I that was... That there looked like a team that could win the league. Could win the league. And that's really exciting. Now, it's a, you've got to take it on a game-by-game -game basis, which is a really dull answer because that's what usually what the professionals say. But we've got our next two league games. They will give give us like a lot of answers. It's Chelsea at home. Now, Chelsea aren't great, but we did, drew them earlier in the season. Uh, and they're a bit... You never know what you're really going to get from them sometimes because they... they they can stay in games and hang around, but they can't score goals. So you'd think that would give us a chance to put three points. And then a few days later, it's Arsenal away. And we've already beaten them away in the Cup. But again, they are a tough proposition. And if you come out of those two games with six points after today, not only have you got momentum, I, I think like people would really... Stay. like We can sing, we're going to win the league, top of the league, Liverpool top of the league. But I think people would really start to think, hang on. Hang on a second. Yeah, I think we might win the league. I think we might be. I think we might backdoor into this. We no one thought we were going to do anything, and we might win the league. So today, today could be. We'll either look back back in it, and it'll be like the pivotal game in the season where you thought, "Hang on, we might do something really special," or we might shit the bed in the next two games. But we haven't shit the bed 
at all this season. Our one loss was a freakish game at Spurs. Taking away the VAR stuff, it was an own goal in the 96th minute or whatever, 97th minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a freakish loss. With nine men. We've had draws. Nine men. We've had draws. Luton, yeah, could have been avoided, but it happens. United, could have been avoided, it happens. Arsenal, that was a, you know, a bang-bang game. I think that could have gone either way. So a draw, I think, was probably okay there. Um, so my main takeaway from today is, this is the first time I've looked and gone, that's a complete performance in that second half. If we can just do it for the next couple of games going into February, I think we might be onto something very special this season. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, Brownie, just that, just that Jules uh, mentioning the Spurs games got me thinking about referee and screw jobs. And it can, yeah. it'll, it'll get buried today because we won 4 0. Um, but. Fucking hell, Tierney on VAR today yeah, with the non-sending off and yeah. the pen that we didn't get. It at least merits just fucking mentioning what a joke that was. I, I, don't, I don't have an issue with like the pen if it's the same incident we're talking about earlier where we don't know if it's inside the box or anything. But that mm-hmm. challenge like, is exactly the same as what Curtis got sent off for. Like literally the same thing where you're going for the ball. Except without the mitigating li- circumstance of Curtis's foot rolling over the ball and him oh, losing control because Honestly, of that. Honestly, yeah. like I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. Like it, it makes me really angry. They are literally the referees, and I know like Jules might not like this because I know Jules, you're a hell of a lot more respectful towards referees than I am, and there might be other people. Not respectful. I mean, I think they're all knobheads, but I just think they're human and mistakes happen. But they are knobheads. Did, did, but it's not acceptable. What, what, yeah, but what is happening is not acceptable. You, you can't have a situation where you referee this same incident in different games in a different way. You can't do you that. You can when it's You've the ref on the pitch Because he, he's not always sure. But you can't have it when him and VAR are looking at the same incidents and exactly. coming up That's with different the point. outcomes. I think that yeah, because you, you might see it from a different angle be, as a referee. Yeah, like you, you might miss it. That's I think fine. We do I need accept to differentiate. that. The referee yeah, not, not that. spotting that red card, I'm totally fine with that. We I'm, wouldn't I'm have got a red card in, with, in, with in the Tottenham game, though, because the referee exactly. also, I don't think, saw that. That's the He's point. He's seen it's it like, get a yellow. Yeah, so yeah. when you're watching it back, like you've got to judge incidents in the same way. Like It, it comes back to the consistency thing. It's, it's a cliche. Everybody talks about referee inconsistency, but I was furious with that today. Like, And let me be very clear from the outset. I don't want that to be a red card today. I don't want Curtis one to be a red card. Yeah. I want the game to be in a, in a situation where we turn around and we go... Right, based on the circumstances, we don't think he's gone out to do him. That's not a red, it's a yellow card. But, yeah. like, this shit decides leagues. We're talking, like, yeah, points yeah, here. Like, we could have gone has. on and, just, like, not won like that game today. One, Brownie, mm-hmm. That game was, it was an away game. It was nil-nil at the time. Yeah. Right. Curtis goes, um, this lad doesn't. And you, you look at those two situations that, as you said, they're almost identical. And like you say, that's... When it's so close, when we're losing leagues by a point, yeah, it just yeah. That's that, that's where it hurts because we spoke earlier about like the challenge you have of even competing with Man City. The last thing you need is getting screwed like that. But like, be nice it goes if Man back City to got screwed Dave by a ref once yeah, in a while. Yeah, but they never do. It goes never. back to what they yeah, said. Yeah, I know that's what I mean. Yeah, they never like, do. It never happens nice. to them. And I'm I'm not a conspiracy uh, conspiracy theorist. Sorry, I don't like look at it as in there's some kind of. So weird stuff going on. I just think they're jammy cunts that they seem to be dodging these fucking decisions. Like, well, like, so many are they jammy? Because there was that, 
they, are they jammy because there was that thing today that they they've been like lobbying the government about the white paper on their own so <laughs> you never you see that kind of stuff you do sort of wonder what else are they doing that we don't know about i'm yeah, not like, again i'm not a conspiracy nut brown envelopes is howard webb getting yeah, I, I, again, I'm not, I, I, you I know, really emphasize, I am, I am yeah. not a conspiracy nut, but I, I do think, that. what kind of like, what kind of weight is applied, in different circumstances, in different conversations? I don't think that, there's anything like that with the referees. The case. No, I, I think they're incompetent. I think they're completely incompetent. No, Chris, where are you on that? I think just think they're incompetent personally. Do you know what side the bread's buttered? So e- either way, either way. Um, that's just a that's a flippant comment from 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 Dave. I don't think he's, How ge- he's genuinely it? saying that that. The, right, well, it's it's fucking you. He's going to get sued if you keep fucking <laughs> no, the tripling how, down on that, this. No, shit. That, that is a flippant comment. The Howard Webb one was yeah. was flippant. That wasn't right. serious. But I am serious when I'm talking about like referees going over there and mm-hmm. getting paid by City's chairman. Well, no, what's you know, that's factual, that's, so. that's fact. So you know, I'd stand by that. My Brandy, to answer your question. Um, where I stand on it is uh, the, the the slack Man City get from referees. You only have to look at the reaction from the one time that any of us can remember that they were on the on the wrong end of a decision was when that um, I think it was in the Tottenham game where that breakaway was pulled back. Oh yeah, and they just they the fucking lost it, didn't they? You had the orc no, screaming at the referee, the and it was what? Sorry, Jules said was it in the <laughs> Champions League? No, it was the league the other week. With the, when he didn't play the advantage when Haaland was yeah. played the pass. Oh, and, when he was going through. Yeah, Grealish yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. even going to go through anyway. The defenders were going to yeah. get back. But yeah. But you only have to look at the, the uproar that yeah. they caused there to know that like they're just used to having everything their own fucking way. Whether oh, there's sorry, foul Chris. play or not. On that, do you think like maybe us not putting the ball out? When Diaz was down, was why there was like uh, there was less effort in VAR in in sending him off, because we carried play we played on for like a good twenty seconds after Diaz had been fouled. Yeah, do you, that, do you reckon I think, that? I think the the bigger reason well, for that is that it was Paul Tierney on on VAR. No, but like like obviously all things are nothing is in a vacuum, and like we play on our own player is down, and we're playing on and elected not to put the ball out for a long period of time. I like you honestly think that has no influence on the referee well, on the VAR. When he, he should be looking at yeah, he shouldn't be looking you, you at. Say you say it shouldn't. You say it shouldn't, but then in other breaths, you you've like made comments that you know, like you know, Klattenberger said, I've like everything is done in context because that's how that's how it just mind human mind works. They work sometimes. They're leaving something out because they go, I've given that. I know this. I know that. And this has happened. Yeah, I've changed that. Though. Uh, I don't I know. See. I just think well, maybe we should have put the ball out and kick. What did you think though? Did when when we played on, were you? Cause I we thought we should have put the ball out immediately. Then, and when then, you seen the replay, why were you thinking? Oh well, we didn't put Surround the ball out, the so that's fine. Because that no, do you know? Do you know what I'm thinking? I, you're talking about like the way City reacted to that non, that 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 call in the in the Tottenham game, and you go, that's their reaction. There was no reaction from us at all at any point. Sometimes maybe the reaction needs to be made to make the point more. But prob- there's probably mm-hmm. only like two players who've seen the tackle. And only be the ones who were actually there will have seen what happened. Everyone else will be oblivious to what had gone on. They Listen, we've got... We, Jota was on the pitch. Jules makes a really good point there that we, we, we are a soft touch in terms of how much shit we give referees and how much of a fuss we kick up. 
in terms of this kind of stuff. So no, because we, when we, we do, we, we get fucking get salient. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to go yeah, all brownie here and say we shouldn't do nothing because I'm we go. Come on, brownie Dave. for being a shit out. But there is there is something to that. Like when when Klopp tried to stand up and, and like make a fuss, look what happened to him. And we got mm. fucking hammered by referees for weeks exactly. afterwards. He also yeah. bumped into the he also ran down the touchline and had a go at that. Like yeah. you can't do that either. No, you can't, but look, we played the so there's a way, Yeah, but you can't be punished as much as we were for that. Like well, there's that, a way of applying pressure and that was a bad way. That was a bad way, yeah. You know, right, I, well, I, I'm, um, I'm just playing devil's advocate. The situation with the referees at the moment, though, is the worst I've ever known it. And I think it's fair to say that VAR has just made it far worse. That's just a fucking fact. It's nowhere near um, good enough you know, at the, the moment. The clear on Jota, whether it was inside the box or out of the bo- outside the box, you expect there to be a lengthy check yeah. to, make sh- to make sure either way. And both of those incidents were, were done within fucking seconds. Yeah. So, like, make of that what you will. Um... I think, you know, obviously we don't want to get too deep into this, Dave, because it's it's been a fantastic day at the office for us, a really, really good win. And, you know, I'm a bit of a shithouse when it comes to this. Like, the impressiveness of our second-half performance and the way we swatted aside a good team in a tricky-looking fixture in tough conditions without maybe four or five players who would be starting the game otherwise gives me massive hope but it also makes me fucking scared because we are there is no doubt whatsoever now that we are 100% like in this title race with a really good opportunity um to 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 make good on it and th- as much as that excite as exciting it's also scary because like <laughs> yeah. we've got the scars of and I remember Chris Gage with the Wolves game well. a couple of years ago at half time <laughs> he was white yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looked like you were gonna throw up I almost did, yeah. I, I mean, like for, for context, I, um, <laughs> I met uh, Jules and Paul at halftime in a stairway on the cop, and I think we were drawing one-one with Wolves, and City were two-nil down, and um, I just glazed over. I couldn't. I definitely didn't handle the situation. I could could barely talk, and I almost vomited. Um, but so, so that's why this scares me. That sounds like um, Dan watching Home Alone too. Paul <laughs> found it hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Paul's like, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, my head. My well, I was head somewhere in the middle. Went, so yeah. What about you, Dave? You, I know what you mean. I, like there was as disappointing as last year was. The one consolation that you take from it was, at least we're not living or dying by Man City's results now, because right. it's horrible. You know, like this stretch from like now to the end of the season. Uh, we saw it last week, the Newcastle game. Like they're getting beat, and your hopes are up, and then come back and they win it and it, it's I don't watch the games but that doesn't mean that I, I'm not checking on the scores and like trying to keep track on what's going on and it's horrible you feel so helpless like I'm, I'm okay with our games because it's different you know like I, I trust our team to, to get the result and, and if I'm you like us yeah well if you're at the game it's <laughs> different because you feel like you you can influence it even though you can't you still feel like you've got some sort yeah of, it's worse when you're watching on telly yeah, yeah. but when it's the other team, when it's like City are playing, you just feel helpless. You just think, yeah, they're going to win and we're going to end up like broken hearted, losing by a point. And then we're, you know, so that's the, that is the downside to it. But yeah, we are absolutely in it now. Every game that they play, we've got to be looking at and, and just hoping like that they drop points. But we've seen their fixtures and it's like Jill said before, that's going to. Cupcakes. 
yeah, we've we've just got to keep winning until we play them because nobody else is taking points off them between now and then. Mm. Saying that, they have dropped points to teams they shouldn't be dropping points to before. They're going to drop points to Everton. Um, They're going to drop points to Burnley. Is that is it at Goodison? Uh, I think it's at this. I'll check the fixture. Is it at Goodison? They dropped points at home to Everton last season, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's at Goodison. Hang on, they play, oh that's oh fuck, they played Tottenham with us in the FA Cup. Bollocks. So they've got they've got man they've got they've got it's Man City, <laughs> Burnley, so Burnley's Burnley at home. Over. Burnley, Cup Brentford, game. home to Everton, Brentford uh, away to Chelsea. So Brentford away, Brentford away. Mm, Monday night, back. yeah. Monday night game. This, if they haven't sold Tony, we we've got. See, look, this is what we're doing now. Well, we're looking at the yeah. fixtures and like yeah, yeah, but our boss is that. I think that's chance, great. Like, you know, like, like we're basically like saying like, oh, Villa might take points off. No, them. never rely on Villa. That's no, Villa, Villa, never ever. Rely <laughs> on Villa beat them. This I know Villa already Villa have. Beat them and Arsenal beat them. Yeah, but when it comes down to like the the crunch at the end of the season, do not be relying on Villa. Just but, don't. But I Brandy, think overall it's great that we're back in the situation where we're looking at the results. Of course, this is where we want to be. It's really but, good. But there is a downside to it, like where the stress involved. If I said that, what would you say about me? Come on. That's I'd, what say, I I would say you're a bad shit house. Yeah, exactly. So fucking stop being. But I'm not saying. It. I'm not saying I don't want to be in that situation. I'm saying like this is where we want to be. But I love it. I'm like bring it on. Is, I just have that little lingering thing in the back where you're like, oh, is it going to happen again? But. You've got to be in it to feel that, haven't you? That's the point. I'd yeah. rather be in it and feel the disappointment than not even be in it at all. Better than last That's season, yeah, come, absolutely. Come away from it one I, time I just hope that going in our favour, you know. If we, if we come up yeah. short, it's because of our own failings, and it's not because fucking the, the Tottenham game or City getting like some ridiculous decision in a crucial game. I hope it's not because of that. I hope it's just because we were just not good enough, and we can we can look at that and accept it and go, yeah. We just come up short. We're not quite ready. Next year we go again. I don't want yeah. that feeling of like being screwed over and the injustice of it. That's my fear for the rest of the season. But Brownie, by the same token, um, like the lads uh, and we we all have had a week to stew on that City Newcastle game where De Bruyne comes off the bench and you know they get the late winner. Um, Arsenal won five nil yesterday. They're definitely not out of the realms to be honest like I think Dave you yeah, and Jules put them to bed way too soon um, no I haven't put them to bed just, I, wouldn't I just don't think bed, they're the primary I'd, concern I'd, yeah, yeah I'd fire yeah, they're not, they're I'd not fire the primary concern yeah. 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 my, my point is that it was, it was important for our lads today to go out and sort of respond to that because they've had a week to look at that City result and you know know what's know what's potentially the onslaught that's coming towards them the avalanche of like wins and wins and wins and wins and we've responded absolutely perfectly in uh in a way that we could you know we could have only dreamed of at the start of at the start of sunday yeah it goes back to what dave said earlier though that this squad although it's a new team it's full of players who've been there and done it right and it's not just the case of like we had one season where we went head to head with them it's it's not one it's like three or four isn't it and we've Mm. done it year after year when you go through and look at the spine of the team and the senior players they've done it year after year They've had to go head to head, so I think they're all, they're all fine, and they're the ones who would be in the changing room. They've took over from the roles of Hendo and Milner, where they're talking to the younger players and passing down that experience. 
Verge reaching exactly the peak of his powers again. Yeah, yeah and he the is. Role he's in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. By the way, he yeah. was brilliant today. I wanted to, like, we were speaking about one of the goals. It might have been the second one, and he just dealt with Solanke like he was an under 12 player in the corner and played the ball down the line. He did it about four or five times today where anyone went anywhere near him and he just, like, almost just dealt with them with disdain. And that's yeah. what he was like at his best, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, that partnership with him and Canate is brilliant because Canate, we've already spoken about, he's having a great season. And Verge just looks back to his imperious best. Yeah. And that's a and good Solanke thing. You're well getting it. Is... Yeah, he's fit and fine. He's like banging he's fine, goals isn't he? He's like one of the yeah. success stories of the season. So it's it's no small feat to just handle him in the way that he did. Like you say, like a twelve year old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he said he, he'd he, come he's... good. That's my boy. That is. <laughs> he was he was my boy before. Playing down. the long game, Dave, <laughs> as always. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't wait until 2029 when Darwin's playing for Stoke or something and Dave's like, there he is, I told you he was going to be good. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, dot, 10 uh, goals, 10 Solanke. assists, I'm just saying. He's the, he's the third highest scorer in the league is um, Solanke. I don't think he takes pens either, or if he does, he's only had a couple, so he's not relying Thomas on pens. Don't he get didn't pens. get a kick today, though, did he? Let's let's be honest. And no. that was nothing to do with him. That's not having a go at you, Dave. That's no, who he's up against. He's he literally had nothing, did he? Exactly, and they just dealt with them with ease. But that, that's what gives me hope is that it's all through the team. It's every section of the team where we're showing that we've got real class. But it's what you said earlier, Dave. There's, there's title winners in this team already. There's Champions League winners in this team. It's not like last season with Arsenal where they did not know how to get over the line. We yeah. know how to get over the line, and that goes a long way, I think. All, all Arsenal had was Jesus and Zinchenko. Like, nobody else has had that kind of experience. I mean, I suppose Arteta was on... Guardiola's staff for a while, but it, it shows. Yeah, they, they just they just didn't have that, and then we've got yeah, it, so much experience on the, it. So the title the title race taking form as well because uh, Haaland and Salah both have fourteen goals. Salah's got the top assists with eight, and then Allison's got the most clean sheets joint amazingly with Pickford on seven. So already, like you can see the the the, the stat lines for goal, you know. If you've got the if you've got the joint top goal scorer, the best um, the joint top assists and the joint top clean sheets, that that's Liverpool. What are we like that goals in, conceded like in terms of general defensive record? That must be decent as well. I think we're the best. Yeah. There you Let go. me pull up a league table. I need a full league table. Arsenal conceded twenty. We've but our midfield is massively upgraded. It's so like a big thing defense. for me. So you, we're, we're talking about front three with the goals. You're talking about the goalkeeper and the and the back yeah, four. Best but for me, the, midf- the midfield massively upgraded. It it just is based on what goal it was goal difference previously. better by four as well, Brownie. Yeah. So we we're, we're like that extra goal from Darwin in the in the eighth minute of stoppage time or whatever. But we've got we've got a 29 goal difference over City's 25 and Arsenal's 22. And yeah, we've only conceded 18 goals. Arsenal have conceded 20, and then City on 23. That goal difference will be wiped out when City play Burnley. Yes, it does feel <laughs> like that, yeah. Right, we'll yeah. probably be down by about three or four. The, the thing with them now is, like, we're, we're all panicking a little bit about De Bruyne coming back, and that makes sense because he's a world-class player, but he's fragile physically. Like He could go down yeah. again at any point. Any point Can't he could go down. That. What is he now? No, I'm not banking on it. I'm just saying it's mm. a possibility. What is it? Is he 31 now? He's 32. Yeah. 32, possibly. Like that, that. That starts catching up with you. That you know, especially the kind of player that he is. He's an explosive player, isn't he? So that that could also tilt it in our favour. If he just has another three or four games out, then 
Happy days. He's also got my exact haircut from the mid '90s as well. Now I was going to bring that <laughs> up. That, that ginger curtain. It's not a good look, it's is it? Shocking. Not a good look. No. <laughs> Everything's so '90s themed at the moment. Jota banging him in, like Robbie Fowler, De Bruyne with my '90s haircuts. Like you know, it does worry me them having him back uh, more than it does the prospect of the orc coming back. So. Mm. We'll see. Um, Dave, is there anything more you want to add about today's game before we just have an ever-so-brief look at Fulham on Wednesday night? Um, well, there was something I was going to say, and I've totally forgotten. So, yeah, we'll just... Let's go to Fulham. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I remember, I'll bring it up. But... Okay. So, Jules, um, League Cup semi-final second leg Wednesday night at Fulham. We are 2-1 up. Um how much do you prioritise that at this point and, and what kind of team are you looking to put out given the nature of the injuries that we have and the fact that you know the win today puts us five points clear at the top of the Premier League um, way, if, if anything, that just enshrines what a priority that should be from this point on. Right. Uh, near full strength uh, for Fulham because it's a semi-final, it's away from home, we're already leading. You want some nous and experience in there. Um, I'd make a few changes if there's some other players available if not I'd go virtually the same team as today uh, injuries permitting and then I'd rest a lot of people against Norwich next Sunday um, ready for the Chelsea game so you've still got then if you do that you've got a week then between the Fulham game and that Chelsea game but it's a semi-final away from home I think you, you've got to go virtually full strength Is that something you go along with Brownie? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, what's the situation with injuries at the minute in terms of Dom? Back in training and next Robbo week, and, supposedly. Okay. Trent, Robbo, Dom, back in training, but highly In contention for Fulham, I or are we talking more so. Norwich? I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought they'd be... If they start training on Monday, I doubt they'll be... Aim all yeah. of those players for the Chelsea game. Forget about the Norwich yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Realistic. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go strong. 20, 30 minutes against Norwich, maybe. Like, get them. Yeah, yeah. We can get, like, strong bench. Trent and strong Robert bench for Norwich. Against Norwich. But to you say know. that, you say that, Chris, but again, like, if Robbo's back and Gomez is playing left back, it's all right to give Robbo half an hour at the end of Chelsea. Like, these yeah. these are nice problems to have here. Yeah. I think. Robbo's got to be so funny when oh, he comes back God. in the team. <laughs> it's what you said the other week, I Dave. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, he's going to be so excited and I'm he's going to sure be like a puppy. I think we may have to just <laughs> give him a free roll and just let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Put him up for like, yeah, like those videos of dogs that come bombing out of a car and jump into a pile of leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually Labradors, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get out on the case, Dave. Yeah. One of them videos that we watched. Um, no, I go strong for the Fulham game, like because I want to get to the final massively. Um, as strong as we can go, I don't think uh, Ebu could play, could he? So Quanter will come back in. Um, what other options do we have? You look at the bench tonight; it's not particularly strong, is it? You'd think Gakpo will come back in and start. Definitely. Your um, boy, it's his competition. Yeah, my boy will play. Would, you, would you start your boy though? He's not been great lately. No, he's been really but I would do purely from a fitness um, well, standpoint. Yeah, yeah you've problem, got to start it? him. For me, he needs to be an impact sub. Even like on one of the goals today though, he like drops his shoulder, turns and then breaks a line, doesn't he? Like he's, mm-hmm. he can contribute goals late in the game when you've got tired legs, but from the start of a game he's struggling, there's no doubt about that. Even that so. one today where when he came on and it didn't didn't come to anything, but like the he, the ball was played into his feet and he just 
turned his body as the ball was coming into him and yeah. just completely flummoxed the defender yeah, and created that. that. Like that's his like best attribute, isn't yeah, it? It's like his touch before his touch. It's fucking unreal. Like as good as anybody out there in terms of his body awareness and his shape and like that that was like just pure class. Like obviously it's just a shame he, like a he follows brain. it with a five yard pass out of <laughs> like <laughs> right. miles miles in the yeah. wrong direction. But yeah, that'll come. That'll come. Um now I don't I don't think we've got tons of options when you look no, at it now squad wise because Curtis is not going to play on Wednesday. Even yeah, the next okay ten days with... are going to be tough, you know, when yeah. you look at it in terms of numbers, it's it's going to be quite tough. Callagher in goal or? Well, we spoke about that the other night, didn't we? That's, yeah. That was one of the questions, and I said I'd be amazed if he's not. I just think he's been told this is your cup, so I think he'll play. Yeah, he'll play in the final if we get there as well. He did yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you just have to look at the what's happened in the past he's done it he's trusted him in big games in finals and stuff so why would he change it now I don't understand why he would alright fair enough Jules right. Harvey um, starting at his, his old club yeah stay away not, not getting much booed choice, though. <laughs> yeah well I prepare for a, a, a maximum of a 5 out of 10 performance from him yeah. lots of shots trying to score <laughs> trying <laughs> too hard yeah, yeah, way way too hard. And yeah. the funny thing is, it's like they want to try really hard, they're desperate to score, just so they can not celebrate and say, look at me, yeah. I've got a class actor. <laughs> I think he might celebrate if he scores, you know. I think he was that pissed off with them in the yeah. first game. I hope he so. Actually, he, he actually waved yeah, and made some he? kind of like... Uh, gesticulation towards their fans you know in the first game not in a good way in a negative way I hope he does because when we Imagine. played them like Carvalho got a good reception from them and, and Harvey got booed he must have been thinking what the fuck what's the difference uh... imagine like a 16 year old lifelong Liverpool fan jumping at the opportunity but I think their beef was because it went to the tribunal they got kind of screwed on the fee a little bit didn't they I think so I think yeah, that teams always get screwed on the tribunal fees Carvalho yeah. was the tribunal as well wasn't he Maybe. Yeah, but he's he shit and playing at Hull, so it's, it's they they feel vindicated there. <laughs> yeah, all right. Scored on I mean, his I thought, I thought today was for Hull. Um, mm. I mean, obviously we didn't have much choice, but as you don't often see Curtis and Harvey starting together, Brownie as well. So that could be like a little glimpse into the future there with those yeah, two. Yeah, um, I wanted that to be honest. I like Harvey playing off the right, you know, in the right centre midfield position. I was just buzzing he wasn't in the front three to be honest, because that does not work. Yeah whatsoever mm-hmm. and Curtis equally looks better off the left um, centre midfield position for me that was natural based on who was available um, and taking Dave's point on that, that I don't I think Gravenberg needs to be an impact sub not starting so that that was that was completely expected but I don't know for Wednesday because you can't risk Curtis at all so I think it's got to be Gravenberg Harvey's had a little bit of a rest tonight hasn't he so you'd think he'd be in there and again, the options, there's, there's not a lot, is there? Like, just look at the bench. Like, There's not, not much you can do. Gakpo will come in. Too many players. Uh, rotate the front three a little bit. Quanta come in, maybe. But I think it picks itself, to be honest with you. Yeah. Do you think Quanta so. comes in for Canate? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I'd, no I wouldn't play Canate until maybe. Chelsea now. Even it, yeah. disregarding the potential ankle injury today, we don't know. Assuming yeah. that he's fine, do you still think that Quanta plays? I do, but... Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think yeah. he played um, Wednesday and also against Norwich as well. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All right, um, last call, guys. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. No. Good stuff. All right, um, well, we will be back um, 
after the Fulham game on Wednesday night. Just a really great afternoon for the Reds today. We're top of the league, five points clear. Obviously, haven't played a game more than City, but uh, the old cliche, you, you want to have the points on the board at this stage. I think this game has given us all a little bit more belief um, and the trepidation that comes with that, knowing that we're in the title race. It's exciting. There's going to be just a really... Um, crucial few months ahead with loads of big games thank you all so much for listening the, the new listeners that we picked up over the last few weeks um hope you're sticking with us hope you're uh, enjoying what you're hearing and we're always open to feedback on twitter and obviously on the liverpool way forum uh, check out the liverpool way if you haven't already you just came through us through hearing about the pod there's match reports from every liverpool game we have the weekly Premier League roundup. Dave does a really entertaining diary feature um, that is just essential reading, really. And that all comes through a TLW subscription. So um, join us for the rest of the content. We will be back after the game on Wednesday night, hopefully celebrating uh, reaching another League Cup final with the prospect of a 10th League Cup in that trophy cabinet and updating the trophy wall by the middle of February. I think that's when the final is. But until then, we will catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good